the U.S. Supreme Court agrees to hear a previously struck down Louisiana law that requires all abortionists to have admitting privileges at a local hospital. Then Planned Parenthood reveals their secretly built Auschwitz of abortion clinic in Southern Illinois, a final solution for all babies in the pro-life Midwest. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Hey, welcome to Unaborted. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We're on episode 15. We're just over three months of producing this show and this content for you. And as you're aware, this is a show and a podcast that's focused on equipping you, giving you a one-stop shop and a place to disseminate the news, understand what's happening in the culture, in the country, on the university front, the political front, the cultural front, as abortion is approaching 47 years of legalized abortion. If you're listening to this, you probably are a survivor of the abortion holocaust. And you probably noticed that our country's more divided than ever before, at least in the life of millennials and certainly Gen Zers on the issue of abortion. And those committed to death are more committed to death than they ever have been. And the pro-life movement is arguably more committed to life than they ever have been. This is a very propitious moment. It's very important that you're equipped and that you are educated and know what's happening so you can engage with a pro-abortion, post-Christian culture and society that no longer shares a common social fabric in regards to the sanctity of life. So that's what this show, Unaborted, is about. We are energetic and unapologetically pro-life over here, and we focus on translating pro-abortion rhetoric into reality so that you can take the Orwellian doublespeak nature of the pro-abortion movement and understand what these news and events actually mean, why it matters, and, and how you can stand for life. So there's a lot of news in the news cycle right now on the issue of abortion. And we have a couple really big ones that are very, very important to get to. But firstly, I want to give you a sort of a little little preview into a little bit of my career as I speak around the country in schools, churches, youth groups, training seminars, and university campuses. And so I was at St. Joseph Catholic High School in Santa Maria yesterday doing a pro-life mass for the whole student body. a little over 400 students, freshmen through seniors and defending life, equipping them on how they can defend life while also graciously challenging pro-choice students to reconsider their views by examining evidence that they haven't seen or heard before. Because unfortunately, many of our Catholic high schools in the country, and this would include Catholic universities, don't necessarily have an exhaustively pro-life student body or sometimes even an exhaustively pro-life faculty. And so I spoke for about 45 minutes and then we had some time for some Q&A. And I got one of the worst questions or arguments for abortion um, that I actually hadn't gotten in a while, maybe because it is such a bad argument, such a bad question, but you've been hearing it a lot more recently. And that's the overpopulation argument. Maybe we should kill babies because we're overpopulated. So I want you to hear this question and hear my response, and maybe it'll be helpful for you. So this was from St. Joseph Catholic High School in Santa Maria uh, yesterday. Um, well, I have a couple of things. Awesome. One of them is, like, what would you suggest to do about issues like overpopulation? Because you said there's, like, one million babies killed in the past. I don't know, what would you do with those one million people? Sure. So the overpopulation argument is a myth based on nothing. We do not have an overpopulation problem. If you've ever traveled on a plane and you've looked down, what do you see usually? Nothing. 
We have plenty of space for new human beings who are born. Now, maybe you could make an argument that we have a problem of allocation of resources, and so we have to work better to ensure that we're encouraging a capitalistic system that encourages innovation so that people have an incentive to provide goods and services to make money for themselves. And guess what? That benefits everyone else because now there's more goods and services and there's more jobs. So you can approach the issue from that perspective. But we don't have an overpopulation problem. You can fit the entire world in Texas and everyone gets a few acres in their backyard. <laughs> so we don't have an overpopulation problem. Um, secondly, to address this argument, because I'm sure many of you have heard this, maybe we should have abortion because of overpopulation. If that's true, and it's okay to kill baby humans because we have an overpopulation problem, why unborn babies? Why are those the people that we should kill due to overpopulation? If you're going to espouse the killing of human beings because of overpopulation, why not start with you? Why not just kill all the teenagers or all the old people? Suddenly, nobody thinks that's a good solution to overpopulation. Well, I don't want me to be killed because of overpopulation. I just want the unborn babies to be killed because of overpopulation. That's, that's an argument that, that um, has no basis in reality, no basis in a moral compass, and endangers the human equality of all human beings if their value is simply dependent on the number of people in the world. So if we wouldn't kill born people to solve overpopulation, even though it's not even a problem, we shouldn't be killing unborn people to, to solve the problem of population. Well, so there you go. I hope that was helpful for you. And you've heard this a lot recently, haven't you, from some of the politicians, some of the Democratic presidential hopefuls, and of course, the larger pro-choice movement. Bernie Sanders said this just a couple months ago, went on television and said, we really need to have abortion for overpopulation. In fact, we should be funding other countries' abortions to help curb overpopulation. <laughs> and, and yet, of course, Bernie Sanders would never want to start with himself. He would never want to suicide himself in order to prove that he has the courage of his convictions and he's willing to take personal steps and make personal sacrifices to solve the problem, perceived problem over, of overpopulation. And of course, that's a larger talking point with the left and the pro-choice movement too. Overpopulation means more, uh, we're, we're, we're using more gases, which means it's causing more climate change problems. And so we just need to kill more babies. Unless you're willing to start with suiciding yourself or your family in order to solve the perceived problem of overpopulation, then you should, you, you honestly should keep your mouth shut unless you're willing to do that. It's disgusting disgusting and immoral to say, I'm not willing to kill myself to solve the problem of overpopulation. Let's just kill the babies. Um, what a disgusting and immoral suggestion to deal with a problem that has no basis in reality. But as I said, we have a couple pieces of news I want to get to today. And one is, is fairly breaking. One is actually breaking uh, this, this Friday as we're filming this on October 4th. And that is that the Supreme Court has decided to review a Louisiana abortion law uh, in 2020, and they'll probably have a decision by June. And so Live Action News is reporting on this as of today, reporting that the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear its first abortion-related case since Justice Anthony Kennedy's retirement. And so we're going to get to that in one second. But first, I want to tell you about our show's first sponsor, the first sponsor of Unaborted. When it comes to marketing, business owners, owners today are inundated with options. Everything from PR to branding, social media, uh, marketing, video, podcasts, and websites uh, with such a confusing wilderness of these choices. It's easy to spend a lot of money because you want to succeed, you want to grow your business, only to find yourself on the wrong path. So that's what Marketing Trail Guide is here to help address. That's what they do. They show B2B businesses how to get clear on their objectives, define attainable marketing goals, design a strategic marketing map, and then 
put the systems and resources in place to reach their goals. You can think of them as a virtual chief marketing officer. So if you want to get a free marketing evaluation, go to marketingtrailguide.com. That's marketingtrailguide.com. So you can get out of the marketing wilderness, right? And onto the right path to take your B2B business to new heights. That's marketingtrailguide.com. You're good at what you do, but it's probably not marketing. So trust the experts who are good at that and don't try to be a jack of all trades. Trust these people to help you take your business to the next level. That's marketingtrailguide.com. So as I said, the Supreme Court today, breaking on Friday, October 4th, decided to review a Louisiana abortion law that was struck down that required all abortionists in the state of Louisiana to have admitting privileges at local hospitals. And so according to the live action news article, it says the law, which is called the Unsafe Abortion Act, was signed in 2014 and states that, quote, every physician who performs or induces an abortion must have, quote, active admitting privileges at a hospital no further than 30 miles from the location of the facility at which the abortion was committed. Admitting privileges are vital because they allow emergency medical staff at the hospitals to have all of the information necessary to help the patient if they end up having to take a woman from the abortion clinic to the hospital. The article goes on and says, when a woman suffers an abortion-related injury and must be taken away by ambulance to a hospital, as is unfortunately a too common occurrence, doctors at the hospital must be able to give her immediate quality care. You see, if abortionists doesn't have admitting privileges at the hospital, then either he can't even admit the patient or it takes a long time. He has to go through all of these approvals in order to treat the patient. So this is supposed to make it more streamlined, quicker, and more efficient (laughs) to care for women who literally may be bleeding internally, may be hemorrhaging. They may have had their uh, a forcep ripped through their uterine wall during an abortion. And so this is to make it a more expeditious process to care for women who may be and have been before injured by an attempted abortion on their unborn child. Pretty reasonable, right? Now, the pro-choice movement has always hated bills and pieces of legislation by pro-life legislators that try to force and require abortionists to have admitting privileges at local hospitals. And so pro-choicers shtick, their talking point in response to this is that it's unnecessary, right? They're just going to deny that it's necessary. So they're going to say this is just a ploy by pro-lifers to try to overturn Roe. And to a certain extent it is, right? But we're also concerned with the woman, right? As live action says, love both, love the unborn child and the mother. So obviously, even if pro-lifers aren't in a position to overturn Roe right now or make abortion illegal, we're going to do everything we can to love both unborn child and their mother, and abortion in by its its very definition is unsafe for a woman because it's unnatural. But they're going to say that this is unnecessary because abortion is safe, right? That's been the talking point from the pro-choice movement for forever. Abortion is safe. It's a common medical procedure, common surgical procedure. It's like getting your wisdom teeth pulled, as the Shout Your Abortion founder said. And these doctors know how to care for women. So they call abortionist doctors. They say they know how to care for women. So what's the big deal? right? This is obviously just pro-lifers being cynical. But unfortunately, none of this is true. (laughs) None of this is true. I I wish it was true that abortion was entirely safe. Of course, it's never safe for babies who were killed. But I, I wish we could say that it was safe for mothers. I'd rather have a situation where abortion is safe for the mother and the baby dies than abortion is unsafe for the mother and the baby dies. I don't want either. But if I had to pick, I would I I wouldn't want women to be getting injured, right? Who wants that? 
Um, but the pro-choice talking point is a lie. Abortion is always unsafe for a mother, even if she ends up recovering. Okay, because it's unnatural. Well, here was a recent story of this exemplifying this sad reality. In what state? Guess what? Louisiana. That's right. Same state earlier this year, according to Live Action News on August 6, reporting about a March 2019 story. The Delta Clinic of Baton Rouge in Louisiana botched an abortion procedure, which led to a complete hysterectomy of the woman on whom they performed a botched abortion. According to the article, it says, during the incident, which took place on March 15th, 2019, the woman experienced excessive bleeding after an incomplete DNC abortion. Her blood pressure reached a low of 78 over 56, and her speech became incoherent. She was transported to the hospital, where she was given four blood transfusions over the course of three days. Despite the intervention, the woman required a complete hysterectomy as a result of the botched procedure, the complete removal of her uterus, no longer able to have children thanks to this abortion clinic botching their abortion on her baby and on her body. Article goes on and says an investigation into the incident by the Louisiana Department of Health revealed that the Delta Clinic of Baton Rouge lacked basic emergency supplies on hand. What are you thinking? You're killing babies in the womb and you're shoving forceps up a woman's birth canal. Didn't even have emergency supplies on hand, such as IV fluid, um, several other drugs, as well as the medical equipment needed to treat the woman suffering from abortion complications. Obviously, abortion clinics should be equipped to deal with complications when they occur. According to a Louisiana Department of Health citation dated March 29th, the facility failed to ensure, quote, a supply of emergency drugs for stabilizing and or treating medical and surgical complications are maintained on the licensed premises, which result in an inability to pr provide basic care until the arrival of the emergency medical services as mandated by state health regulations. So they weren't even equipped to deal with complications such as a botched abortion. And because they weren't, they couldn't expediously care for this woman's life. They had to wait for emergency medical individuals to arrive. They ended up having to transfer to the hospital and perform a complete hysterectomy. This is at an abortion clinic in Louisiana where pro-choice activists and Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are saying it's not necessary to have abortionists have admitting privileges at local hospitals or require local abortion clinics to have these types of services and basic medical care available to care for women in the circumstance where there is a complication. My goodness. And yet we're supposed to believe that the pro-choice movement is pro-woman, pro-health, right? Abortion is health care. Abortion is care. That's Planned Parenthood's talking point. Abortion is care, abortion care. It's all about health care for the mother. Unless abortion actually injures or poses a threat or risk to the mother's health, at which point you're not even willing to consider a bipartisan bill with pro-lifers to make sure that women's health are, is protected. So a bunch of partisan hacks who don't actually care about the health of literally born women, much less unborn women. And so this case is called June Medical Services versus Ghee. And this was the 2014 bill that was initially passed, but then later struck down. So clearly there's a need for this bill, right? Clearly there's a need. This is one of many stories. I picked this one because it was this year in the same state that the bill is being proposed and struck down. Clearly a bill like this is needed to ensure the lives of women obtaining abortions are protected, that at least the women's health and lives are protected while the pro-life movement continues to work to protect the health and lives of unborn children. But if abortion is health care, then why wouldn't pro-choice advocates back a bill that would better provide for the health care of women obtaining abortions? 
You've just cut off the branch you're standing on. How can we even trust you when you say abortion is healthcare and yet you fail to back bills that protect those women's healthcare? Now, this makes sense to us because we understand that abortion naturally has dangers involved because it's unnatural. The womb is not meant to be opened. The birth canal is not meant to be opened until your body tells you it's ready to deliver a child. Unfortunately, sometimes that happens early through miscarriages tragically, but in an ideal world, in a normal, healthy pregnancy, that happens naturally when it's time to dilate, when it's time to give birth to your baby. So of course it's unnatural. Definitionally, medically, it's unnatural. You have to forcibly dilate the cervix before that's supposed to happen so that you can insert forceps up the birth canal and tear the baby's limbs off. Of course, that's unnatural. And in the case of medication abortions, you take a bill that essentially starves your unborn child and forces you to have contractions early. So you dispel your baby oftentimes in the toilet, thanks to bills, uh, thanks to pills like RU486. None of this is natural. So of course, we shouldn't be surprised that it endangers the health of women. And the unwillingness of pro-choice advocates to even get on board with legislation to better protect the health of women by making sure that the systems, personnel, and resources are in place in order to care for them in this circumstance where there's a complication is very telling, isn't it? Very telling. It tells us they don't care about the health of born pregnant women who they claim to provide care for. So on February 2019, the Supreme Court blocked the law from going into effect, but agreed to eventually address it. And as of today, they've agreed to hear hear oral arguments in early 2020 and probably deliver a decision by June 2020, the year of the election, months before the election. And we know that, that basically the 2016 election was about abortion in large part, and the 2020 election will also be in large part about abortion, because we've all seen how radical the leftist Democrats are on abortion, all of them to the day of birth. And Trump's just sitting there in office going, can we not kill babies? Pence is saying, let's not kill babies. Most Americans, even who describe themselves as pro-choice, and I've showed you the Gallup polls before, don't like the idea of abortion to the day of birth. So what's the background to this case? Well, there is a precedent case here, which is going to be the talking point and argument from the pro-choice movement. They're going to use this precedent case to say that this Louisiana law requiring abortionists to have admitting privileges at local hospitals is unconstitutional. And that precedent case is whole woman's health versus Hellerstedt from 2016. It's a Texas law that was very, very, very similar. And it was struck down by the Supreme Court and would have required abortionists to have admitting privileges in nearby hospitals and meet state requirements for licensed surgical centers, right? This is also very reasonable because a lot of abortion clinics don't have, they don't meet the requirements for a licensed surgical center. And yet they're killing babies. They're using surgical instruments to dismember babies, but they don't have all of the other type of medicinal um, uh, tools that they would need, the the staff, the drugs to care for women in, in circumstances where there are complications. So that's what the Texas law would have done. And it was, it was struck down in 2016 under the undue burden clause, right? The undue burden standard, which functionally says that if any type of legislation creates an undue burden for the woman to obtain an abortion, then it's unconstitutional because Roe versus Wade you know, legalized abortion to the day of birth. It allowed states to put some restrictions in place on abortion, but not before viability and not if it created an undue burden on a woman to obtain an abortion. All right. That's basically what Roe v. Wade and Doe versus Bolton said together. And so this precedent case said, well, that's going to create an undue burden for women in Texas to obtain an abortion. So it's unconstitutional. 
Yet this Louisiana bill is been getting a little bit more traction, but was initially struck down under the same clause. So we'll have to see kind of where this goes. But this could provide a huge victory for the pro-life movement by decreasing the number of people who can perform abortions in Louisiana, therefore saving the lives of more unborn children. But this undue burden standard in the Texas case is addressed briefly by Adam Liptock, uh, Liptick at the New York Times, October 4th. And he talks about Justin, uh, Justice Stephen Breyer, who wrote the majority decision in Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstedt. And, he, and in the article, he says, there was no evidence that the Texas laws admitting privileges requirements would have helped even one woman obtain better treatment, Justice Breyer wrote. But there was good evidence, he added, that the requirement caused the number of abortion clinics, ready, in Texas to drop to 20 from 40. There it is. You want to know what this is all about? This is about abortion. This is about money. This is about killing babies. That right there is the, is the exact rationale and justification for why the Texas whole woman's health versus Hellerstedt decision was struck down because there was good evidence that the, that the admitting privileges requirement caused the number of abortion clinics in Texas to drop in half from 40 to 20. Less abortion clinics, less of a money-making business, less of the abortion juggernaut, less dead babies, more pregnant mothers choosing life for their children, less money for the abortion industry. That's what this was all about. So Judge de Gravels, if I'm pronouncing his name right, of the federal district court in Baton Rouge, who struck down the Louisiana law in 2017, said that the doctors per willing to perform abortions were often unable to obtain admitting privileges for reasons unrelated to their competence and that the law created an undue burden on women's constitutional right to abortion. So he's saying, the judge who struck down the Louisiana law, that the Texas bill and the Louisiana bill would do the same thing, and that would make it more difficult for abortionists to get admitting privileges. Even if it had nothing to do with their competence, it would make it more difficult for them to get admitting privileges, which means they couldn't perform the abortion, which means the abortion clinic couldn't function or stay open, which means they shut down, which means less money for the abortion juggernaut. All of this is about enshrining and continuing to protect the right to abortion. And so Live Action reports in their coverage on this story that abortion advocates say that if the Louisiana law is allowed to stand, it will leave the state with just one abortionist. I believe there are four right now legally performing abortions in the state of Louisiana. Only one has admitting privileges. They don't think the other ones will get admitting privileges. So what does that mean? One abortionist left in Louisiana. All we have to do is shut down that clinic, save more babies, make Louisiana an abortion-free state. That scares the heebie-jeebies. That scares the bleep out of the abortion juggernaut. Because the more states where abortion is not happening, the more babies that are born, and the less share of the market value they have of killing children. This is all about abortion. It always has been. But the Supreme Court has decided to take this case. They haven't just struck it down under the precedent cause clause of the Texas decision. They're going to hear oral arguments. So Judge Jerry E. Smith of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans says, according to live action, unlike Texas, Louisiana prevents some evidence of a minimal benefit. The admitting privileges requirement performs a real and previously unaddressed credentialing function that promotes the well-being of women seeking abortion. So at least this judge is acknowledging the humanity of the women attaining abortions while they're doing something immoral, while they shouldn't be arranging the death of their children. We at least want to make sure that there are systems and legislation in place that will protect her health and her life if complications arise. At least he's willing to acknowledge the humanity and dignity of these women 
whose lives might be in danger thanks to the abortion juggernaut's casual dismissal of the lives of both born people and unborn people who are both Planned Parenthood's prospects, both the abortion industries and juggernaut's prospects. So we'll keep you updated on the story, of course, along with everything else on the front lines of the pro-life movement. And next, we're going to discuss Planned Parenthood secretly building the Auschwitz of abortion clinics in Southern Illinois, a final solution for all babies in the pro-life Midwest. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion wars, then head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted, right? This is how you become a patron of the show to support this show. The abortion industry is spending a lot of money continuing to kill children and expanding their industry so they can kill more children. Democratic presidential hopefuls, millionaires and billionaires who love abortion pour vast swaths of their wealth into the abortion juggernaut. And sadly, we often don't see the same level of commitment from pro-life individuals with their time, resources, and yes, their funds. It takes money to save lives. As Greg Cunningham says, there's more people working full-time to kill babies than there are working full-time to save them. That's because killing babies is very profitable while saving them is very costly. It's costly to save babies. This show is simply a part of the pro-life movement's goal to equip and train Christian young people, leaders, lay people, pro-life advocates to defend life, give them the tools to engage and make it impermissible to remain neutral. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. There is no moral neutrality on the issue of abortion. One really simple way you can engage is just by becoming a patron of this show so I can produce more content for you, for those in your lives who need this type of content and training to defend life and to create a one-stop shop so that you can get your education, your dissemination of news and your tools and resources to engage in the battlefield of abortion. So head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted and become a patron of the show. We'll be right back. All right, well, welcome back to the show. So this new piece of news that also released just a couple days ago is pretty disturbing, pretty disturbing, and kind of goes more with the narrative of abortion no matter what, right? Care about abortion no matter what is really the abortion juggernaut's mantra. And so recently, we just found out from the Planned Parenthood of Southwest Missouri in a announcement that they made, they just revealed their mega abortion mill in Southern Illinois in Fairview, uh, Fairview Heights, Illinois, like right over the border. So really close to the Missouri-Illinois border, but still in Illinois because Illinois has become a New York, California type of pro-abortion state, while Missouri has remained a pretty pro-life state and they're right next to each other. So it's a pretty stark contrast in terms of cultural values, really, right? In, in, in one state that wants to protect children and one state that wants to kill more children. And so they make this announcement and it came as a shock to the pro-life movement. And so all these, of course, news sites and blogs started covering it. Fox covered it because nobody knew. Nobody knew they were building this mega abortion mill in secret for a year or more. And so Kate Smith from CBS News, one of the abortion juggernaut's favorite quote unquote journalists, by the way, you remember she interviewed Alexis McGill Johnson, the new president of Planned Parenthood, and we played that in an earlier episode. And so she unveiled the story and spoke with Colleen McNicholas, the chief medical officer of Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and Southwest Missouri. So these are, these are literally uh, abortion apologists in the in the area who are very worried, very concerned that Missouri is becoming too pro-life. Ooh, oh no, too many babies are too safe. They're too safe in the womb in Missouri. That's not okay. We need to endanger the lives of children in Missouri. So they're committed to expanding abortion access 
um, in the certainly in the Midwest and of course in uh, the the surrounding states. Missouri, Arkansas, as such. So we're going to play this brief clip with Kate Smith covering some of the story, breaking the story, and then even interviewing Colleen McNicholas, the chief medical officer of Planned Parenthood in the region. Planned Parenthood is opening a huge new facility close to states where abortion access is restricted. The new clinic was built secretly in Illinois near the Missouri border. You will remember Missouri has some of the strictest abortion laws in the country. Our own CBS News's Kate Smith visited the facility as it was being built. So this is the site of our brand new building here in Illinois. We first visited the new clinic in August. The sensitive project was being built in secret under the code name Alaska. Dr. Colleen McNicholas showed us around. We know that our colleagues at other Planned Parenthoods and independent abortion clinics across the country have had difficulty opening new clinics. Things as simple as getting the phone company to come in and put phone and data lines, things like the cabinet makers not showing up to deliver once they knew that that facility was going to be an abortion facility. The 18,000 square foot building cost nearly $7 million to build. Planned Parenthood estimates the new office can handle up to 11,000 patients a year. The clinic is only miles from the Missouri border. It's positioned to accommodate patients from nearby states with strict abortion laws. In the last two years, the number of women crossing the Illinois border for abortions has more than doubled. There you go. There it is right there. The number of women crossing the border from Missouri to Illinois has nearly doubled. What does that mean? More prospects. That's what that means. More abortion prospects. More babies to kill whose, whose mothers are perfectly willing to cross state lines to arrange the death of their children and be welcomed into the open arms of Molech in the new in the new Auschwitz abortion clinic strategically located in Illinois so that women of neighboring pro-life states have a haven and refuge to go to as they're gently encouraged and welcomed into the arms of Molech. That's what this means. More prospects, more babies to kill. The pregnant mother is the prospect, abortion is the sale, and the baby is the victim. And according to the Planned Parenthood press release, this clinic will perform both medical and surgical abortions more prospects. If you're early on in pregnancy, here's a pill. It'll starve your baby, cut off nutrients to your baby, then take another one. That'll cause painful contractions where you might bleed for 30 days. Then you'll have a toilet bowl abortion. Congratulations, according to Cecile Richards, just as safe as Tylenol. Or if you're more developed, then we'll do the forced dilation and we'll insert birth, the uh, forceps up your birth canal and tear your baby apart. We want to be able to provide the full realm and full spectrum of reproductive health care to women, killing their babies through all nine months of pregnancy, regardless of how long they waited to arrange the death of their children. We're Planned Parenthood, care no matter what. That's what this is all about. This is all about uh, getting a larger market share of the abortion industry in an area of the country where more people tend to be more pro-life, certainly than the East Coast or the West Coast. West Coast. So too many babies are safe in their pro-life states. Too many babies are safe in the wombs of states where they're very pro-life. We need to create a, a, a shining pillar, a shining sign, a, a, a place for you to come and bring your undesirables, bring your unwanted, and we will take care of them for you for a nice pretty penny. That's what this is all about. So I was, you know, I was thinking of when I was preparing for this episode and addressing these two very concerning and disgusting pieces of news. I thought of the New Colossus sonnet by the American poet Emma Lazarus, right? So this is the sonnet that's on the Statue of Liberty, right? It was cast on a bronze plaque and mounted to the Statue of Liberty in 1883. It says, give me your tired, right? Your poor, 
your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Right. This this is this is what the left loves to talk about to demonize Republicans who actually believe we should who are a sovereign nation who should protect our borders. Now somehow we're we're anti the new Colossus. We're anti um, uh, freedom and letting other people enjoy the the beauties of the American dream. And I thought of this because Planned Parenthood's strategic location of this abortion mill and the financial incentive and the ad the way that they're advertising it is like the antithesis of the new Colossus. It's like the anti-new Colossus. It's like the anti-American dream, right? The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Come build your life here. Everyone wants to get here because they have the freedom to do that. And so this American sonnet sort of reflects those American uh, those Amer- that American dream, those American pillars. Here is the Planned Parenthood antithesis new colossus that I rewrote because it's it's literally the new colossus on its head. This this clinic, this super mega abortion clinic, saying, "Come, bring your unwanted children. Come, we'll we'll get rid of them for you. We're safe. We we love you. We care for women." It's it's the complete antithesis. So here's how I rewrote the new Colossus American Sonnet poem. And this is what Planned Parenthood is saying. Give me your unwanted, your poor, your masses of tissue yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your womb. Send these, the parentless womb tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the doors of death. That's what Planned Parenthood is all about. That's what this clinic is all about. Come, give me your unwanted. You're poor, you can't have a child, bring it to me. It's just a mass of, mass of tissue. It's actually a baby yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your womb that you care nothing for. Come, come, ascend these womb-tossed children to me. I lift my lamp beside the doors of death. That's what this is all about. It's the complete antithesis of the American dream. The complete antithesis of the American invitation to freedom, to a right to life where you won't be abused and you have the freedom to pursue your version of the good life. Now the good life is slaughtering your children and a company that pitches themselves as a healthcare organization that believes in capitalism, using those powers to kill the children of, kill American children in the womb, denying them the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> That's what this is all about. And now they have a larger market share of unborn children to kill to, to make more money off of, because women don't have as easy access to killing their children in some of the pro-life states, certainly Missouri. So let's just flock to the new Auschwitz-style abortion clinic. So according to CBS News on October 2nd, Kate Smith says that we were really intentional, quoting rather McNicholas, the, the medical director for this area, we were really intentional and thoughtful about making sure that we were able to complete this project as expediously as possible because we saw the writing on the wall. Patients need better access, so we wanted to get it open as quickly as we could, McNicholas said during an interview with CBS News. Translation, there was a huge market share of unborn babies relatively safe in their pro-life states that we could tap into by killing them, right? That's what we do here at Unaborted. We translate pro-abortion rhetoric into reality. There was this huge market share of unborn babies relatively safe in their mother's wombs who lived in relatively pro-life states that we could tap into by advertising a big Molech pillar of child sacrifice right across state lines that would make it very easy for women to kill their children and get us more richer. That's what this is really all about. The article continues by pro-abortion fake journalist Kate Smith. Nowhere is access to abortion less secure than Missouri. There you go. 
Since 2018, Alone Planned Parenthood has been the state's only legal abortion clinic, pushing some women to spend hours crossing the state to obtain the procedure. Listen to how they talk about women. Pushing some women to spend hours crossing the state to obtain the procedure. Like they have no choice. And yet we're supposed to believe that pro-choicers are feminists? You can't be feminist if you assume that true female empowerment means that you have no other option but to slaughter your children. True femininity, true female empowerment, true human dignity would be to suggest that you are a valuable human being with, with inward strength and you have the freedom and the ability to choose life and to choose to be a mother to the child that you're already a mother to by giving life to that child and seeking out motherhood or adoption. That's true female empowerment. But no, Kate Smith says they're being pushed to spend hours crossing the state to obtain the procedure. And we know from statistics that very, 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 very minimal percent of abortions are pressured or forced, like the husband or the father or whatever, forcing her to have an abortion. It's largely chosen by her. So nobody's pushing her. Clinic, the story goes on. In May, that clinic in Missouri was nearly forced to stop providing abortions when the state's health department refused to renew its license, a story first reported by CBS News. Besides having just one clinic in their state, Missouri women face some of the country's most restrictive laws when seeking an abortion. Prior to receiving an abortion, patients are required to undergo state-mandated counseling where they receive anti-abortion literature. Ooh. After that, they've, they're forced to wait at least 72 hours before they can have their abortion. Do you want to know why that's true, Kate Smith, you pro-abortion apologist? It's because Planned Parenthood and the abortion juggernaut never give women all the information in order to make educated decisions and informed decisions. That's why pro-choice is indeed a lie. You can't make true choices unless you have all of the information to make educated choices. So that's one of the many reasons why pro-choice is a lie. That's one of the reasons that some of these pro-life states have this type of state-mandated counseling to receive anti-abortion literature. Usually that means like the science of embryology and details about the development of your child. That's not anti-abortion literature. That's, that's, that's biological realities. In Illinois, lawmakers have gone in the other direction, expanding abortion across and uh, access and loosening restrictions. Earlier this year, lawmakers in the Springfield in Springfield passed the Reproductive Health Act. It's kind of what New York did. Legislation that establishes access to abortion as a fundamental right. Women from across the Midwest seeking abortions have flocked to Illinois, turning it into what Mary Kate Knorr, the executive director of Illinois Right to Life, an anti-abortion access group, calls the abortion capital of the Midwest. That's exactly right. Of course, they're the abortion capital of the Midwest. Now, more than any other time, with this new Auschwitz-style abortion clinic strategically located to invite women who don't want their unborn children from nearby pro-life states to kill their children across state lines. Now, I've been calling this the Auschwitz of abortion clinics. <laughs> Maybe you want to know why. Here's why. There are just too many parallels here. It's, it's pretty disgusting. It's pretty disturbing. Obviously, you know some of the comparisons with the Holocaust, right? I make them on this show sometimes because de the genocide has always entailed the dehumanization of an entire victim class that you want to eliminate. I don't like those people. Jews are unwanted. Babies are unwanted. Let's describe them as subhuman. Let's create criteria for personhood so we can conveniently say, well, they don't meet the criteria for personhood. 
and the results are always the same, dead innocent human beings, right? So those are the comparisons between abortion and the Holocaust. But it goes even deeper than that. It goes into the, really the strategic approach to where you put these death camps. Planned Parenthood is not the first human rights violator to build a death camp in a strategic location in order to exterminate as many undesirable humans as possible. They're not the first human rights violator to do that. Yet that would be the Nazis. So there's a history.com article from earlier this year on Auschwitz. And if you're not aware, Auschwitz was the largest and arguably the most notorious of all the Nazi death camps. According to this article, quote, once Hitler's final solution became official Nazi policy, however, Auschwitz was deemed an ideal death camp locale. It was conveniently located. It was in close proximity to the string of rail lines used to transport detainees to the network of Nazi camps. In other words, Auschwitz was conveniently located to make it quick and easy to import and exterminate undesirables. It, it, was, it, was, it was in such a strategic location that it was quick and easy to bring in undesirable humans that you didn't want and kill them and give them showers. The pro-choice alternative of reproductive health care, right? Or gently suctioning out the contents of the womb. Because genocidal maniacs always use euphemisms to make their acts seem more acceptable. Similarly, this new Planned Parenthood is strategically located in a, in, in, a, in a position so that it is easier and quicker to bring in undesirable unborn humans to kill them. They, they put it there for a reason. It's right across the border from Missouri where there's one abortion clinic left and it's very difficult for women to arrange the death of their children. Come to us. Same thing with Arkansas and some of the other, other local states where they are going to be advertising their services for just a few hour drive to women who want to kill their children. And interestingly enough, Planned Parenthood has many of the same prospects as Nazis did. So not only do both Planned Parenthood or the abortion juggernaut and Nazis strategically locate death camps to, to incentivize the importation of unwanted that will be eliminated, but they also have some of the same prospects. According to this history.com article, by mid-1942, the majority of those being sent by the Nazis to Auschwitz were Jews, obviously. Upon arriving at the camp, detainees were examined by Nazi doctors. Those detainees considered unfit for work, including young children, the elderly, pregnant women, and the infirm were immediately ordered to take showers. And we all know what that means. Pregnant women, though that's literally the Planned Parenthood prospect. Any pregnant woman, that's a pro any pregnant woman is a Planned Parenthood prospect. If you've seen the film Unplanned, if you've listened to people who worked in the abortion industry, they'll tell you that they're trained to try to get the abortion appointment on the calendar. Book that appointment, baby. That's the sale. Young children, there's no more younger children than unborn children. Unfit for work and the infirm. If you're diagnosed as infirm in the womb, you're you're screwed in United States of America. Over 90% of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome are aborted in our country. And in other countries, you're probably aware of this, it's, it's almost 100. In some countries, there's not any Down syndrome humans left. They're all aborted. They're unfit, see? Unfit for life, unfit for work, infirm. And I've talked to people. People come up to me all the time after a speaking engagement. Can't tell you how many times this happened. My parents were told that I had Down syndrome 
and repeatedly tried to schedule the abortion. I hear that all of the time. And this is the, the statistics bear that out because we, we do indeed have less and less Down syndrome babies and humans in America than we did just a few decades ago. And even the amniocentesis test that's supposed to tell you if you have Down syndrome is often wrong. So many women say yes to an abortion to kill a child that doesn't have Down syndrome, but, the, but that they believe did. But that's really beside the point, right? Because that's not where human value comes from. It's wrong to kill the baby regardless. But many parents have been manipulated into killing their unborn children through abortion because they thought the baby had Down syndrome and they didn't. I've had students raise their hand after a class presentation and tell me, I was told, my parents were told I had Down syndrome and I didn't. I was perfectly fine. So this is just all effed up. This is just all morally screwed up. But when you define human value according to wantedness and convenience, this is what you're left with, right? When you define human value according to wantedness and convenience, we're all screwed. And those who are lower on the totem pole are going to more likely be victims because they're lower on the totem pole. They're not the power class in control deciding who lives and who dies. So interestingly enough, Planned Parenthood has many of the same prospects as Nazis did. And most, to, to address the last class here, right, the elderly, those who support abortion, the pro-choice movement, guess what? They're pretty much largely on board with euthanasia. When you devalue life at the beginning of life, you tend to devalue it at the end of life, and eventually you'll devalue it at any stage. If your worldview and your bad ideas tell you that human value comes from wantedness and convenience as opposed to an intrinsic value and dignity that you can't separate from a biological human. So these are some of the comparisons between Planned Parenthood strategic location of their new abortion mill, their Auschwitz-style death camp, and Planned Parenthood's approaches to strategically putting Auschwitz where they did to make it easier and quicker to bring in unwanted and eliminate them. And of course, they have the same prospects because guess what? They have the same worldview. Same worldview, just recycled. And the end result is the same, more dead children, more dead, innocent human beings. And yet we're supposed to call it reproductive health care, reproductive justice, Abortion care is health care, and every Democratic presidential hopeful, except Tulsi Gabbard, who's not going to be president, supports abortion to the day of birth, and she just doesn't like third trimester abortions. But she arbitrarily draws a line and doesn't give us a reason why. So tell the people in your life this reality. These are the bad worldviews. These are the bad ideas. And they're the ideas being espoused and defended by every candidate running for the Democratic presidential nomination. We do not need leaders in any type of position of power who espouse these ideas of human value. Because when you strip personhood from one person, you can do it to anyone. Only by saying that human beings have value, dignity, and worth in virtue of being human beings can you maintain human equality. That's what the pro-life movement says. That's why the pro-life movements are the, actually the advocates of human equality. When you define human value according to wantedness, convenience, or any other arbitrary criteria you develop, human equality is destroyed. It's a myth. You can throw it out the window, and you've endangered your right to life from those who would seek to abuse it. So according to this live-action article, Mary Kay Knorr, the Illinois Right to Life director, however, argued that this new mega facility is solely about increasing Planned Parenthood's profits and not providing health care to women. That's exactly right. Make no mistake, she says, this new mega facility is not a response to an increased demand, nor is it a gesture of care for women. 
Mary Kay Nor, the pro-life group's executive director, said in a statement to the Washington Post. The construction of this new facility was a strategic business move, certainly not a defense of women. That's exactly right. That right there is an advocate of human equality. That right there is a feminist. That right there is a, is a woman's rights activist who defends the rights of unborn women in the womb and born women who are pregnant with maybe unborn women who are being a, a, abused and dehumanized by the abortion juggernaut and treated as a prospect for a sale, which is abortion, which creates two victims, the dead baby and the mother. That's what we have time for today. Thanks for joining me. Head on over to iTunes and YouTube, Spotify. Give this show a rating and review. Help us reach more people. It really helps. And if you want to learn more and engage with me online, head on over to sethgruber.com. S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com and sign up for my newsletter if you want to get sort of consistent equipping and training to your inbox. My speaking schedule if you want to come hear me speak live and locally. And check out my training videos or listen to the podcast on there and share that with others and help us expand the reach of the show to change minds, change hearts, and save lives. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.